0: Our second scripture reading this morning is uh, the entirety of Psalm 46, all 11 verses. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Bob. <clears throat> All right, here I am again. Good morning again. Well, today is known as Reign of Christ Sunday or Christ the King Sunday, and it marks the end of our liturgical year, which we follow here at Genesis. The liturgical calendar creates connection and a spiritual rhythm with this global church, right, as we tell God's story through our own Christian lens. Advent begins next week, and with it starts a new year in the liturgical calendar, a new time of waiting for Jesus, for God who inhabits our timeline. And for any of you who might be interested in a little creative project, we now have liturgical calendars that you can take and color in. Um, used throughout the church year, thanks to Illustrated Ministry. A little shout-out to Pastor Allie, who's down in Kids right now. So help yourself. And if we run out and you want one, I can send you the link to download or print at home. Though if you want the big size, let us print it for you at church. One of our values at Genesis is that we live this rhythm of faith. We practice our faith together in meaningful ways. And the boundaries of a liturgical year kind of help us do just that, to tell again the story of our creator, our sustainer, our guide. And these stories are familiar to many of us, but when we begin again in the liturgical calendar year, year in and year out, we remember that we're not the same people that we were a year ago, or the year before that, or the year before that. Our individual lives have changed We have birthed babies and lost jobs. We've received new health diagnoses and started different meds with new side effects. We have kids with vaccines and boosters. We have new degrees and new places to live. We've made friends and we've been ghosted by others. We found new ways to live into our gender expressions and shared new parts of ourselves with others. We've read new books and we've said goodbye to people that we've cared about. We are not the same as we were a year ago. Our wider communities have changed. Our shared Genesis community has changed. We grow and we shift. We curl in and we expand. We find new ways of knowing God. And we let go of labels and ways of thinking that are no longer helpful to us. So at Genesis, we um, have all plays, which means I invite you to respond to a question. I'm curious, how is your life different today than last year? If you feel bold and brave to say it. How is your life different than it was last year? More open space, more open space Pam, yeah. Less work? Less, work? Less, worry. Less worry, all right. Yeah, more work. Yeah, I saw Cassandra say... Under her breath, more work. Yeah, I was gonna say, Nate, I feel like you've been go, go, going, but less worry. That's great. That's great. Your family's growing with an upcoming wedding. Your family's growing with an upcoming wedding, yep. <laughs> you, know better. you know yourself better. There's fresh promise as we begin again this calendar of faith next week. And there's a fresh reminder of our story within God's story this week. I was inspired by Bobby Gross in this lovely work, lovely book called Living the Christian Year, which is kind of a regular um, fixture on my desk. He writes about how the Christian year gives us this panoramic view of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit but we're not merely observing the landscape as if we're just studying it, right? We are inhabiting it. We cling to the promises when things look bleak. We welcome God's in breaking into our lives. We shift into finding ourselves at the foot of the cross. We are filled with the Holy Spirit moving us to love our neighbors and love ourselves. And we wait again for the world that is beyond this one. This is the story of God's people growing and shifting and inhabiting what it means to have the image of the divine in our small corners of the earth. Our lectionary text today, Psalm 46 that Bob just read for us, speaks of God as our refuge and our strength, a present help in times of trouble. And these are ancient words, spoken aloud and read for generations upon generations of God-followers. They are words that have been uttered while wars have raged on, while waters rose, while disease ran rampant, while governments toppled. They're the words that inspired Martin Luther to write his famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress. While Luther's interpretation has been woven into much of our Protestant theology, each generation has to consider for itself again these psalmist words, and what do they mean for us in our time? And so we ask ourselves this question, what does it mean to find refuge in God, to trust in God's presence? Do you remember, you who are of a certain age, the thrill when you'd buy like a cassette or a CD and you got liner notes that had the lyrics in it? Because believe it or not, my younger friends, there was a time when you could not just Google the lyrics or skip back 15 seconds on your phone and try to catch that. So for a long time we were all just singing whatever words sounded close. And I know in in Josh's, in our extended family, there are some famously hilarious ones that his sister would think that the Beach Boys sang or whoever they listened listened to in, in Western Michigan. There's something that I, that's something I actually love about the Psalms because they're kind of like these ancient liner notes for these songs of faith, right? The psalms are poetry and music, with all the drama of my middle school journal and all the gentleness of an encouraging card from a friend. They contain that full gamut of human emotion, rage and joy and curiosity and questions and lament and trust. And the structure of Psalm 46 is a lot like a song, right? Verse 1, verse 2, chorus, verse 3, chorus. Verse 1 is God is our protector when the natural chaos abounds, when the mountains shake and the waters foam. In the second verse, we see God's presence and protection from moral evil or the havoc that we wreak upon one another. Verse 3 shows how God overcomes both natural and human-caused chaos. And the chorus reminds us again that the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. In Psalm 46, we're invited to be still and know that God is God. The Hebrew word for knowing here means more than just an intellectual assent; It's to internalize or embody fully what that truth means. So it's this call to pause and to witness that the God who promises presence will make a way in the end. Reverend Susan Olson expands on this notion of stillness It's not just simply quieting oneself, but it's a stillness of paying attention, of dropping whatever is distracting you and attending carefully to what you see God is doing in your midst. While I love the emotive nature of psalms, sometimes if we read the psalms too quickly, it's easy to fall into this really simplistic worldview about suffering and struggle. For example, in one verse we might read, the world around me is crumbling to pieces, or my my pillow is soaked with tears. And in the very next stanza we're reading, God is amazing, God's got my back. And maybe that's your story of faith, right? I'm not trying to like dump on that, that's great. But it's not mine, right? In fact, I get a little twitchy when I think about it, because I think of all those times when I was struggling, and I was met with what was likely well-intentioned, Right? but very unhelpful platitude about God providing or God's got this, don't worry. Because that never stopped me from worrying, I'll be honest. Because I needed more time and more space before I could hold that to be true. And I have to imagine that the psalmist had these very lengthy pauses in those stanzas. I have to imagine that the shift from chaos to claiming God's peace is forged somewhere in the wee hours of the night when we've laid awake staring into that darkness again and maybe we finally feel a small nudge that God will make a way somehow. I have to imagine that there is a length of movement from desolation and hopelessness to experiencing God's comfort and that takes more than a simple stanza on the page. So when we find ourselves in that tricky spot, in the beginning or in the midst of that long, long pause where calamity is around us, and we're not there to that place. Before we can honestly claim any promises about God, what do we do? I mean, we have some options, right? We always have options. They may not be good options. There's some kind of option. We could white-knuckle it, right? I'm like the queen of white-knuckling it. We could try to force our circumstances into wholeness. We could be bound up in the fear and hopelessness of our present condition. And I'll tell you that, like, Again, middle of the night, doom-scrolling. Social media is a real helper in that, and that is usually what I'm doing The my 3 a.m. wake-up call. We could hold on for that moment, for that night, for that long day, and wait for help. Group texting your friends or family can be a great help if you have a good resource in that. Some of my ladies' group text friends are here today. <laughs> and we have sent many a text to one another in the night of i do not know if i'm going to make it through this we could also make a conscious choice to reside in the refuge of god and then hope that we'll start to feel it right these are all valid and real choices The downside to some of those options is kind of a really high personal cost to our physical bodies, to our emotional health, to our mental capacities for stress. So we could consider residing in the refuge of God. But friends, what what does that mean? What does that tangibly look like, right? If the theme of our psalm is trusting God's provision, here's my second all play. How do you experience, if you do, how do you experience God as refuge or strength? in times of trouble? I think she has an answer, yeah. Yeah, that was a great answer. said that it's hard to feel feel it in the moment, but usually after a period of time he can feel like he's still on the path or kind of moving forward with some momentum. How do you experience God as refuge or strength in times of trouble? it's in the presence of others. The presence of others, Pam thinks. Bob says when he senses that the tension has evaporated from his body. a reminder that I am loved and worthy of love. John said a reminder that he is loved and worthy of love. Well, in tangible ways, I think I think God provides us along the lines of what Pam was saying, I I think God provides us a lot of comfort and even the simplest of kindnesses that we extend to one another. I think that our creator actually uses our hands as they invite us in to be that gift of help, of consolation, of companionship to one another. When I imagine what it means to experience God's refuge and strength, I think of a really great hug. I'm not even really a hugger, I'll be honest, but a really great hug. A reminder that I am not alone and that this will not last forever. To quote author and Twitter theologian Jessica Kantrowitz, you are not alone, and this will not last forever. I think God can provide us refuge through one another, through the spaces that we create as people of faith, in the ways that we remind each other of the stories of Scripture, that tell that God is faithful, that God is for us. I was reminded this week of a quote from Sarah Bessie's book, Out of Sorts, one of my favorites. It speaks to finding refuge within God through our connectedness to one another. She says, I want to be part of a people who see the darkness, who know it's real, and then, then light a candle anyway, and hold that candle up against the wind and pass along that light wherever it's needed. From our homes, to the halls of legislation, to the church pulpit, to the kitchens of the world. I think God provides us refuge in the sacred practices of our faith. So in taking the Eucharist, we remember that Christ entered our world and showed us a path of peace. When we light a candle for prayer, when we speak the ancient words of scripture, when we choose God's shalom, it is in these moments when we're reminded that God's all- encompassing love for us is real and true it is in these moments that the kingdom of god can break into our midst we talk about god's refuge and strength on christ the king sunday because it's in within experiencing god's comfort that we experience the transformative power of the kingdom of god in our midst and vice versa The God whom the psalmist writes about is the same God described in the passage from Luke that Hannah read to us this morning. The passage, which we don't have the little part before it, it's Zechariah, who's prophesying these words over his son, this this little baby, John the Baptist. And he says that the coming Savior will guide us in the way of peace. The new order will be characterized by grace, by healing and mercy. We will no longer need to be afraid. God's power will be defined by love and not destruction. Divine power seeks justice and not self-aggrandizement. And if your theology is built around a Jesus who divides, who rules by force, who seeks power to simply control others, then I want to invite you to see the Jesus in Scripture and the God we see in our psalm. The kingdom that we inhabit as the now and not yet is one that's not marked by power and forceful strength, but of mercy and compassion. We seek a kingdom not of cruelty and division, but instead of love and full welcome. And the refuge we seek from God is marked by those same things. Mercy, compassion, welcome, and love. This psalm is a psalm of trust, naming where we find our footing, where we're grounded. And the gospel reading is this prophetic reminder that God is faithful and is making a way where there was no way. To name that God is our strength and our refuge, to proclaim the reign of Christ, is resistance against empire. When we say Christ is king, we say Caesar is not. When we claim God as our refuge, we say that the chaotic systems of our world are not where we're going to find peace. We're resisting the forces that seek to squash the reign of Christ in our midst. I love these words from Dr. Chris Geertz. God's refuge is not a fortress sealed off from the shaking world. It's not a fortified position or a defiant stance that lets our enemies know that we mean business. God's refuge in our confidence is that God is among us, a very present help in trouble. He says, for Christians, God's refuge is found in God's Son, the Word made flesh who dwelt among us and dwells among us still. God is in the midst of the city, incarnate in the middle, in the midst of all the tumult and tottering, not towering distantly, defiantly against it, And we read in the psalm that the city is made glad by streams from a river. And perhaps as Christians, we can think of another city from scripture, the new Jerusalem that's in Revelation, through whose street flows the river of the water of life. And as that city comes down from heaven, a voice says loudly, see, the home of God is among mortals, among us. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them, and he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death and dying will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. And this city is both here and not yet. But this is God's refuge, God's tear-drying, pain-healing, death-defeating presence among us. I invite you this week to consider yourself a psalmist. And the kids in kids' ministry right now are kind of actively doing that same thing, and they're actually going to share a little bit of theirs when they come up um, before the benediction. But consider what your psalm about God would look like in this season. There's no right or wrong here. There's no theological framework that you have to tick the boxes off of. There's no cringe like that old journal. You can just keep it to yourself. Just simply how are you encountering your world, and our creator and sustainer God in it, and you let your mind and your pen wander, or your notes app, however you like to get the words out. And as you step into the shoes of the psalmist this week, consider what calamities do you see around you, what calamities surround all of us, and what attributes of God feel true and life-giving for you in this season. Where can you see God's kingdom, the now and the not yet reign of Christ, breaking into our world around us? Where are the places that you can lean into God's refuge and experience comfort and peace? Where can you hold out that invitation for others as well? In closing, I wanted to share a brief version of Psalm 46 written as a living psalm by a Reverend Michelle Torrigan, a UCC pastor in Illinois. She writes, God is my weighted blanket, my comfort, my relief when anxiety flares. I won't let my mind wander in fear as the earth shakes or the institutions fall in front of me. I'm going to work, ca- work to care for God's creation without obsessing over what could go wrong. And yet my brain begins to think, overthink anyway. So breathe in and out. Breathe. God says, experience my presence surrounding you. She goes on, look at this beautiful world, the dynamic foliage, snow, the rushing waters, what holy ground we stand on, God's firm presence steadies our foundation. Though our world seems to crash around us and crushes our souls, our space shall not be moved. God sends the soaring sun in the morning and the moon's dance, which which eases our spirits at night. Leaders across our world seem disheveled, disturbing, come on, in, come on in kids, disturbing a balance of shalom set forth by God. Governments shake, but God's presence will get us through the rushing waves. Our divine comfort is within us. God is our refuge when our spirits shake and our world trembles. Breathe in, breathe out. Experience God's presence surrounding you. Let us traipse through nature. Let us hike the hills crafted by our creator. For God is summoning us to escape the stress of our world, to breathe, to experience the fullness of this moment, to toss aside our anxiety for a moment or two, to breathe in and breathe out, to experience God's love among us. Be still, beloved. The Holy One's soothing voice says to us again, Be still. Know that I am God. Know that you are in my care. I am here. I am your refuge. Breathe. Amen.